Hey there, welcome to the Her Freedom Podcast with Natasha Ann Miller, where we shamelessly pursue truth and her. I'm your host, Natasha Ann Miller. I am a wife, mother, mentor, and freedom advocate. Although I wear many hats, I will be the first to say that I am an imperfect woman that is still in process. Yet, I refuse to remain stagnant or fearful when it comes to becoming the best version of myself. Girl, you were created to live in divine freedom, not just seasonally, but every day. Let's discover together what freedom song the Lord is writing over our lives because her freedom is your freedom. Welcome everyone to Her Freedom Night. My name is Natasha Ann Miller and I am your host this evening. And I'm so excited and honored that you have made room in your evening, in your busy week to come and hang out with me um, and my amazing sister as we talk about a subject that is so vital and is so important um, to, I believe, you know, every single person that is walking the planet. And um, before we dive into that, I really want to just kind of just share with you my whole intention of, you know, for this gathering and why I even host this gathering every other month. So as you know, it is called Her Freedom Night. And I truly believe that her freedom is your freedom. And you may be like, hey, Natasha, what does that mean? That sounds a little bit confusing. But in a nutshell, it means that when you hear the testimony of your fellow sister, whether it's someone you know or someone who um, you know, is a guest, whoever it is, and you can see yourself in their story. And when you hear their story, you're inspired. You are even motivated uh, to begin to live a lifestyle of, of being closer to God or just even choosing to say, hey, you know what, instead of giving up, I'm going to keep on going. Then that right there, it actually has the power. Her testimony, her transparency, her honesty has the power to shoot you into a greater level of freedom, right? Into a greater level of clarity of knowing that, hey, what I thought was over, when I thought that my life was over, when I thought that my story was over, I heard my sister share and wow, if she could do it, so, so can I. So, um, Whenever I host these events, I really, I really like to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit in because I truly believe that encountering him, encountering his presence is something that has the power to truly shift and change your life, as well as bring the freedom that you and I need to actually walk in what he's called us to do. Every guest that I bring on, you guys, I'm not just over here just picking random people. You know, I really have have been ministered and blessed by their story and their lives. And even for this evening, our whole theme is we are going back to the basics. Okay, back to the basics. What is my purpose? And I had the honor and privilege to meet my special guest, Rayma, in 2018. Um, at an 818 event in Dallas, Texas. And I remember sitting at the table and she came over and ate with me and we just started talking and what really just drew me to her and, re- and what I was really impressed about was her confidence and her security in who God had made her to be. And even just as she was sharing her story and how God had blessed her and her, her children and how they were living 
in New York City and how God was using them to impact their community and the world around them, I was impressed. I was inspired to start living more intentionally and to really embrace who God had made me to be. So over a year ago, I was on her Facebook page and she did this bomb uh, Facebook teaching on what is your calling, okay? And I still have it saved in my Facebook um, area there. And she started out with like, has anybody ever came to you? And they're like, what is your calling? What is your destiny? And it's kind of spooky and intimidating. And I really was able to connect to that because many times I would feel when people would ask me that question, I'm like, what am I supposed to say? Like this grand paragraph of all my accolades and what God's told me to do. But she has a grace to pray to uh, practically um, share the word of God in a very tangible way to help us understand and actually be able to apply it. So tonight, everybody that's watching, whether you're watching live or watching the replay, I want you to let I want you to let down any guards, right? I want you to remove all of the religion, all of what you've been told, all of the fears, all of the, you know, even the perfectionism uh, that you feel you have to walk in um, as a woman, you know, as a believer of God, right? And I want you to really be able to hone in into this conversation and really ask God, God, who am I? What have you called me to do, right? Um, so I'm just going to go into like just a quick, um, a quick reading, of, a quick reading of her bio. So Raymond and her husband, Steve, they recently relocated to Atlanta after nearly after nearly a decade in NYC. Over the past 14 years, Raymond has served in various local church leadership positions and roles. She is an ordained minister and started a house church movement with her husband called Revive. I love that name. She is compelled to live a lifestyle that practically demonstrates the kingdom of God with, with power, making the gospel practical and good news for people every day through salvation, uh, prophecy, healing, and deliverance. She's been married for 15 years to Steve, and they have four beautiful daughters. She's my shiro, y'all. I'm about to have baby number three. <laughs> she had baby number four, four beautiful daughters, and I'm just honored to have you here with us, Rayma. Can everybody please help me welcome Rayma Trainer? Hi, Rayma. Thank you so much for joining me. Absolutely. I love you. You're <laughs> such a good, a good friend. I love hanging out with you and talking to you anytime we get the chance. So. Yes, yes. So it's so you guys, so we're gonna hop right into it. So, like I stated earlier, you know, for me personally. This question, I remember being uh, recently married and my husband and I, we were driving to, I think like St. Louis or something. And I was listening to a teaching about purpose. And I remember feeling really intimidated, Rayma. Like I have been a believer my whole life. And my whole model was like, I just want to serve Jesus. You know what I mean? Like, I just want to love him. And as I, and as I got older, and as I began to lead in different capacities, I began to get more like challenged with, okay, what is that specific thing that God has called you to do? And even in my marriage, 
um, you know, with serving with my husband and then, you know, being a new wife and then being a mom and then feeling like, man, I have more on my life. I know that God has called me to do more, but how do I stay focused, you know, in the midst of all these different roles um, that I'm playing? So in a real, you know, simplistic and practical way, how would you define what purpose is? Basically, um, you know, for me, purpose was one of the a really confusing term, purpose, calling, destiny, all these words, you know, because also growing up in church and in Christian culture, it's like when you, even, you know, when I went to Bible college, which is even, you know, more it's like as soon as you get there, people are like, hi, what's your name? What's your destiny? You know, yes. and it was like, uh, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, you know, and it was mm-hmm. kind of overwhelming, kind of what you're explaining. Um, and so, you know, me and, and um, some others in our team, we really were like, what does the Bible say about these things? Because they're not all the same. And if we're convoluting all of these words together, no wonder it's so confusing. And so we kind of did a deep dive and really separated out what really is our calling? What really is our purpose? What's our destiny? All these kind of words. And so purpose, you know, when we really boil down, you know, what is my purpose? I was born to glorify God. Yeah. What does that mean? It means worship in my everyday life. It means everything about me, everything in me bearing witness to the fact that Jesus is alive. That is actually my purpose for being. Mm. You know, as a Christian. And yeah. so I think so often, you know, and you can stop me if you want me to oh, yeah. stop but like I think, you know, so often we can get so concerned. Like when we think about this topic, we can get mm-hmm. so concerned with with what I should do. You know, like yeah. people, you know, because we're in so many roles, like what you're saying, we're mothers, we're sisters, we're, um, you know, leaders in some cases, we have a career in this thing, we're going to college, like all these things. And so we can get so concerned, what am I supposed to do? What am I supposed to do? When really the real calling is what, who am I supposed to be? Who am I supposed to be? I'm supposed to be somebody that glorifies Jesus because whatever I do, if I'm doing it out of that place and it's glorifying Mm -hmm. him and I'm connected to him, I'm abiding in him. Then, then that's it. Like that's yeah. actually who, who I'm supposed to be. And out of that, everything I'm supposed to do will come. Mm. And so it backwards is when we get it really messed up in our life kind of thing. And I have so, like some thoughts about that too, that I feel like the Holy Spirit was giving me, but. Yes, you know. please share. Because I think in our culture today, in our world today, there's so much pressure to keep performing. Okay. Right. Like Back before social media, if you were a stay at home mother or if you were, you know, you were simply doing a nine to five and you were, you know, like hosting small groups or serving your community like that was great. But now it's just like, OK, what are you doing on the side? Like, what's your hustle? OK, you're a mom. What else are you doing? And it's just this, you know, this pressure. And then when when somebody just kind of steps back and it's just like, you know what, man, this is really causing anxiety. It's causing um, you know, it's not causing peace in my marriage. It's not causing peace in my relationships, my friendships. So I would love, I know that you've been praying about this and that this is something that you're really passionate about. So I just give you the freedom to even just share what the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you about regarding that. Yeah, totally. And I mean, it's, it's on topic, but it's also, mm-hmm. you know, it may be a little different, um, yeah. than what, you know, then maybe this topic usually uh, entails, but this is really what God told me, you know, yeah. about this really, you know, and I think some of the reasons why so many of us are so overwhelmed, so confused, so 
feeling that pressure and need to perform is because of how we understand this topic. And yeah. so some of the things that we normally go into and some of the ways that we normally explain it are the reason that we have so much baggage around what we're supposed to be doing with our life and how we're supposed to be living before God. And I think it, it really does begin, you know, like what with what you're saying, the pressure to perform, but also yeah. many of us who are believers, which probably most of us are watching this, but many of us who are believers, I mean, you got, you got saved, right? You, you got saved. Probably you raised your hand in a, in a service, you know, friend brought you yeah. and like, to see if you were going to, you know, right? and then, and then you, you got saved. Then they're like, great, let's get you on a serve team. You yeah. know, so there's all of a sudden this pressure, like, oh, okay, now I'm a part of the family of God. Now I have to do something for God. Yeah. Something for God becomes the object. Mm. And there's a real problem with that because before we can do anything meaningful, we have to become someone. Mm. And there's a calling in the kingdom to be before we do. And mm. even from the very root of when we follow Jesus, there's this demand put on people to do something. Mm. And so from the very beginning, it starts because you yeah. already get in the world. You get this demand put on you. Hey, be something, do something, prove that you're valuable. And then people come into the kingdom and we can often put that same requirement on them. Be something, do something prove you're valuable, not just to God, but prove you're valuable to this community, prove you're valuable to this yes. community reinforces the performance Girl, that is good. it's not good no I, good. I need a public apology on this because like i have been you know in my past like i was like a leader you know i'm like who raise up the leaders like where are the leaders in leadership development and and like god convicted me like so hard he's like this is not my way yeah he said, I need to raise disciples i do not want yes. you to raise leaders you know yeah. some will lead but if yeah. all you're doing is raising up leaders and building people to do something for god you are manipulating them this is not mm -hmm. who i want them to be and you know god really took me into john 15 mm -hmm. you know understanding the abiding in christ and understanding the 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 vineyard you know analogy and what's really funny is um you know in 2015 I went through just like the worst year ever, but it was also the best year ever. If anyone's ever yeah. been pruning, holler and throw an emoji of like scissors or something because it sucked. <laughs> but it's great. 2015 yeah. was like one of my biggest like pruning years by God. Yeah. And just cut a lot of things off my life, cut a lot of things off of me. And a friend of mine even, you know, had, she's like, I see this vision, like the last, you know, you got to love it when someone gives you a prophetic word. You're like, that feels so negative. I'm like, you don't know how to realize, thank you, Jesus. Okay. Oh God. <laughs> but why do I feel like I should accept it? Like, yeah. All supposed to be encouraging me. That doesn't encourage me. But anyway, she came up to me and she was like, you know, I keep seeing like a stump, like, like the whole tree has been cut off. I was like, what does that mean though? And then yeah. she, I keep seeing just like the stump and the trees cut off and you know, she's really prophetic. So I'm like, dang, she's probably right. Like, what does this mean? This doesn't feel good. Yeah. And, you know, that was the beginning of God taking me. And for real, like that was my life. The stump mm. like, off, everything cut mm. off. You're bearing fruit that you can't hold. If a tree has too much fruit on it, it will break the tree. Mm. And we have to grow up properly. Right. So anyway, that was the beginning of a real pruning season for me. And God taught me a lot in that season. Um, but in John 15, um, it talks about Jesus as the vine. 
Mm. Right. He says, I'm the vine. My father's the gardener. This is verse yeah. one through five. And then verse eight. So he says, I'm the vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts mm -hmm. off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While mm -hmm. every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So some mm. of us feel like we've done something wrong because something has been cut off of our life. Mm. God cut something off because you've done something wrong. He cuts it off because he wants you to be even better. He wants you to be greater. Mm -hmm. The things that bear no fruit, he cuts off. Mm. That are bearing fruit, he remains. Yeah. He says so much that we will be even more fruitful because that's actually what we all want. And then in verse four, it says, remain in me. Right. So this is about the abiding. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch mm -hmm. can bear by itself. It must remain. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain. And then he repeats it again. Verse five. If you remain in me and I in you, apart from me, you can do nothing. This is to my yeah. father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Again, about the glory thing. Right. It's for my father's mm -hmm. glory that you bear fruit. So what you do is for my father's glory. It's for God's glory. So being fruitful is important, but he says, yeah. apart from me, you can do nothing. Now yeah. all of us know that we can do things apart from Jesus. We can do lots of things. However, yeah. it's context. He's saying you can do nothing that is fruitful. You can do mm. nothing that matters <laughs> apart from yeah. Jesus. You can do a whole lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. And abiding you know, produces the fruit for us to live in such a way that glorifies Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, stop me when you want. I mean, if you want to interject. No, I mean, <laughs> even, even as you're talking, I mean, especially when you were referring to just like as a new believer coming into the body of Christ and it's just like, okay, once you save your you know, you raise your hand and you receive Christ, you get sent back to the back where you complete like, you know, a new members card. Right. And it's like, what team do you want to serve on? And then it's this pressure of like, oh, my gosh, in order for me to be a good Christian, I have to serve on this versus looking at it from like, hey, who who can mentor me? Who can disciple me into this? And I think that even for those that are against the church are those that may have backslidden and they come back. Like that type of model can really cause them, you know, to just say no to the church because it's just like, man, if I have to work for my holiness, if I have to work to be accepted by God, then why am I here? You know, why am I going to church? And, and I think especially with COVID and just in this, you know, last year, we've all been confronted with like, okay, who am I? Who, who is God in my life? Like, what have I believed about you, Lord? That yeah. is not true, you know, and even as you're talking even about the pruning, I think too, like as a believer, we have to get acquainted with that and not just read it as a scripture of like, okay, he's going to cut the bad fruit off, but know that, hey, he's talking about your life. He's talking about if you're going to follow me and be a disciple, this is what it looks like to, you know, walk with me. Um, so I think that it's even challenging me as I'm listening, even just thinking about my life, right. Of me entering into a new season of motherhood again and knowing like, okay, maybe I did this in past seasons or whatever, but right now it's like, Hey God, what are you wanting to bear? 
within me right now right. and knowing that what I'm bearing right now and what I'm tending to right now is still fruit that will feed and will continue to mature and grow even when my children are 21 years old, you know? So I think you sharing this perspective and just, and not even a perspective, but a revelation, you know, from God is helping to release a lot of the pressure um, that we feel. And I think that even as a body, the church body as leaders, even like you said, like repenting and asking for forgiveness, because it's just like, it starts at that infant stage. And then we get thrown into the world and it's just work, 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 work outside and even in the church. So you, you is teaching. <laughs> you know, nobody grabs their infant baby and says, Hey, you know what? You're a part of this family. Now you really need to contribute. <laughs> you know, it's like the first thing we need to understand when we enter into the, the family of God, the you know covenant with Jesus, like the first thing we need to understand is how to receive from God. Yes. Just how to receive, mm -hmm. how to hear his voice, how to, how to see from him, how to, how to receive his word, how to obey his word, how yeah. to see things with his perspective. Like this is all we need to understand. God yeah. requires nothing from us. He wants to teach us how to hear, how to be, how to, you know, mm -hmm. you know, assimilate our thoughts, control, you know, all the things that happen, you know, will often don't happen, but all the things that need to happen for us yeah. to act walk in the spirit because it's like we're requiring of ourselves this maturity that has never actually been formed in us yes mm. well yeah 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 <laughs> of other people a maturity to walk in purpose to like walk and to like just take kingdom ground right. this this maturity has ever not has never actually been cultivated jesus and so you know this maturity has to be cultivated before we can require it of ourselves and of others that's good. Um, you know, God brought me to Genesis three. It's funny, all everything on the garden. Um, yeah. garden. So, you know, Genesis two and three, you know, we see Adam and Eve and, and the creation narrative. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we see that all of us, right. We are created. God creates Adam. All of us are created to be fruitful and to do meaningful things. You know, mm -hmm. and God invites us into his work. You know, that's why all of us would have, you know, when I was 15, I had a vision and God showed yeah. me vision. when I was 10, you know, I picked up a violin and I knew like, this is how I look. <laughs> like all of us have these like glimmers and pictures, these prophetic words, these like things in our heart that God has given to us. Yet they're all an invitation into mm. something greater. They're not necessarily like, this is absolutely going to happen. These are the things that God is saying, I would love for this to happen. If you will, yeah. abide. like, I would love for these things to happen. And some of us, we take those things and we try to make them happen and we can make yeah. them happen to a certain extent. But apart from me, you can do no fruitful things. So you yeah. can do it. It will not be fruitful. Yeah. It may resemble the thing that you have in your heart, but apart from him, we can do no thing that yeah. is fruitful. And yeah. so he brought me back to Adam and, mm -hmm. you know, in verse 15 and 19 of chapter two, he talks about mm -hmm. how God, you know, he brings Adam, he puts him in the garden and he says, okay, I want you to work the garden. I want you to take care of the garden. You know, he brings, he brings yes. Adam animals and he says, I want you to name them. And then whatever he called them, that was their name. You know, so God, from the very beginning, God yeah. does call us to do things. There's nothing wrong with doing things. The mm -hmm. problem is Adam was in perfect alignment with Jesus, with the father. Yeah. Yeah. Right. 
yeah, but you know what I'm saying? Adam <laughs> was in perfect alignment with the father. You know, mm. so the connection. He was in the place of intimacy. Uh, place of intimacy, you should do things. Yeah, so that's good. Where God requires something of us. You know, where we have mm. received God is now I need you to do this. I need you to do that. The problem is when doing comes and there's no intimacy, it cuts us off from God. Because what was the curse that God put on Adam in Genesis 3, 17? God put a curse on Adam. He said, cursed is the ground through painful toil. You will eat yeah. from it your life. Um, it will produce thorns and thistles. Um, you will eat of it. You know, you will, you will, by the sweat of your brow in verse 19, by the sweat of your brow, you will eat your food until you return to the ground. In other words, your life is going to be painful toil. You will sow, 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 and reap very little. Yeah. But what happened in the New Testament? What happened in, in, in the perfection of Eden? Mm. He was in the and he worked at the word yeah. and the perfection of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So not going around doing whatever, like throwing seed wherever, seeing what sprouts Woo. up. He worked in direction from the Father. Yeah. Boiling looks like is just throwing stuff around and hoping something pops up because we're just trying to matter. Yeah. You know, trying to matter and trying to just do stuff that comes out of a lack of intimacy with the father. Mm. It comes out of, and, and a lot of times, look, this isn't to shame anybody because right. none of us taught this stuff. We weren't taught it. We were taught, hey, do something, make yourself valuable, you know, be somebody for God. God's called you with a purpose, use your gifts. And it's like, you know, yes, kind of. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole part of that message that's totally missing. And so God wants us to to be able to sow and to reap. Mm. But how that happens is through the direction that only comes through hearing his voice, abiding in him, through mm -hmm. living in with our motive, right? Our purpose to glorify him with our life. Yeah, See, my purpose is not to preach the gospel. My purpose is not to build a movement of churches. My purpose is not to save the world. Like my purpose is to glorify Jesus. So everything I do has to be weighed according to that, to that weight, to that scale. Mm, mm. Even if I did all those things, which many people do, many people build great ministries. Many people preach the gospel. Many people build great companies. Many people have great careers and they yeah. don't glorify God. Yeah. What? yeah. Apart from we can do no fruitful thing. Yeah. We can do nothing that matters. You know, when we stand before the father, he weighs our works, mm -hmm. right? There's things that burn up and there's things that remain. Yeah. Yeah. What I feel like things that remain are the things that came through the direction of the father, the things that mm -hmm. came through. Mm -hmm. And I don't mm -hmm. want to be surprised in my life by what burns up. Yeah. I want to do things that the father instructs me. And I think being able to abide in him and having that intimacy with him is going to help you become even more secure when different seasons come. Because I feel like for a lot of us, it's like, OK, I like I'm simply trying to matter. I'm simply trying to show up in the world. I'm simply trying to prove to my family or my friends or the world around me that I matter and that I have a purpose and everything. And I think that that is where a lot of confusion lives. And you're not able because I think even when you are not abiding and when you don't have a true understanding of what your purpose is, which is to glorify God, then everything that you do, it's like, yeah, it's going to show some fruit. And the thing is, is like we got to come back to the basis and to the word of God and we have to believe it as true. OK, and we have to say, hey, we are not like the world. 
right? Yeah, we look at the world and it's like, man, they live in all kinds of ways and it just seems like everything is successful and it's just like, why do I have to do this? But honestly, what we're living for is not for the gratification of the world or for people to affirm us. What we're living for is to be able to go to heaven and for God to be able to see our lives and say, man, well done, you know, my good and faithful servant. And I think too, Rama, like, I don't know about you, but I want peace in my life. Like I want to be able to, when I get older and I'm old and gray, that my children's children, that they can look at me and they can see that my life mattered. Not to the whole world. Yeah, they can see all the accolades of what Natasha did, but they have memories of me teaching them the word of God. They have memories of me making them the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And they see me and my husband interacting in love. And to be honest, Raymond, as a woman right now, that is not, it's countercultural sometimes, right? To come back and be at peace, you know, with that. But I believe that whether you're a wife or whether you are an unmarried woman, whatever it is, if you can come back to that garden aspect, come back to that place of abiding with the Lord and knowing that whatever I am doing, however I am serving, I am serving from a place of not serving everybody around me, but really serving unto the Lord. And I think if we can keep that mindset in front of us, it can make even when we do serve even more enjoyable and more purposeful and more, and, and it's able to sustain us longer. Um, Cause I think with a lot of it is like you do something and you just have this adrenaline rush where it's just like, Oh my God, I did it. Everybody yeah. did me and it was awesome. And We've, like, all done that. We've all done stuff like, like being young, but immature. You know, I've started like various things where I was like, eh, probably pull that back. But I don't think that was good. Yeah. And it's, and it's, but you know that that feeling only lasts so long. But when you know who Jesus is and when you know that, okay, man, I did this and he was glorified through my teaching. He was glorified, you know, through this conversation. You don't have to carry the weight of trying to be perfect and trying to be the one that changes people's lives. Like right now, the Holy Spirit is definitely speaking through you and you're being used as his instrument. But even with that, with like the purpose, which I feel like, we have that of like, man, it is to glorify God and it is to abide in him, knowing that we can do no good thing without him, knowing that if we want our fruit to last, we have to keep him in the equation. We have to have that level of intimacy with him. But even with even when it comes to. um, Like, let's say a calling, right? Yeah. How would that be different? How would you then, you know, describe that? Sure. Yeah. I mean. So all of us have different, you know, talents and abilities and, you know, God wants to use all of those things in our life. So mm-hmm. you know, it's not like everybody's the same, you know, just pray a lot and then God will hopefully use you. It's like, no, God like wants to use you. He wants yeah. you to matter. He wants you to feel useful and to feel that you have had, you know, purposeful meaning on the earth. So I mm-hmm. think like it's important for us to also know that about the father. Because yeah. a lot of where we start to try to make something happen is because we don't actually believe that we're seen by God. We don't mm-hmm. believe that God actually has us and knows us. And again, this is because we lack the foundation yeah. and the formation of intimacy with the father. Everything comes back to that. Right. Yeah. So then when we're talking about what am I supposed to do, that really comes through, I think, submitting to the process of God in our life, good. That then gives us the authority 
to where God will call us to step into those dreams that he's put in our heart. He'll give us the the platform to step onto that we've had seen with our vision. He'll give us the fulfillment of the prophetic word that we had seven times and don't understand why it hasn't come to pass. Part of it depends on us. When it comes to calling and actually being released, that is us. So now we're moving out of the part where it's just like receive from God and like, yeah. Now we're talking about what, how have I actually prepared my life and how have I submitted to the work of God so that I can be useful? In 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 22, in the message, hang on though for what the message says. It says, in a well-furnished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but waste cans and compost buggets. This is the Bible, you guys. <laughs> the message. Um, some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Become mm. the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guests for their blessing. Run away Mm. from childish indulgence. Run after mature righteousness. Mm. What kind of container do you want to be? Because God wants to use you as a vessel to serve. He wants to use your gift. He wants to serve your gift to the world. He wants to serve your gift to others for their blessing. Not for their harm. Yeah. Then in order to be the type of vessel, right? The crystal goblet, the silver platter. Like that sounds great. I love to be a crystal goblet (laughs) for God. But in order to do that, it says that I have to run from immaturity and run toward mature righteousness. That's an active thing that I choose. Mm. So that's up to me. It's not up to Mm. God whether I mature in God. That's my choice. That's so many of us. <laughs> Girl, me and my sisters in here, we like, oh, blown away. I go get wait. So what is that that um scripture again? It was 2 Timothy 2 22. 2 Timothy 2, 20 to 22. Okay. In the message, though, the message is really the one that is like, what? I'm you know, like, and the type of vessel used for glory or something like that. But like, I like the message of this one because it's just so like, do you want to be a compost bin or like a crystal goblet? Like it's up to you. Right. You want to be thrown on a platter all messy and nasty or you want to be flavorful and everybody come and eat. Like I want to be like, here is a great fun thing for you that blesses you. Right. Um, You know, and God, look, God wants to use us all because we need a compost bin too, I guess. But I prefer Right. To the price to be the crystal goblet or the silver platter. I want mm. God to be able to use my life in the most meaningful way that He has in mind. Mm. Right. So I think that that's the goal. It's it's you know God has a perfect meaningful way that He yeah. has created your life to matter and yeah. gift to serve others. Yeah. In order for for me and for you to step into that place of usefulness, right? It says make yourself useful. <laughs> In order to step into that place of usefulness, where I'm like, hey, I'm just a silver goblet here, waiting to be used. You know, silver platter waiting to be used. God's like, oh, I'm serving a dinner. I will use that platter, but I have to yeah. already be there. The platter has to be there, like sitting Woo! there, used. You know, it's too late to prepare for something when it's there. It's too late to get ready for the opportunity when it's presented. You had to have already done the work, which is why God calls us into the work. He calls us into the process. He calls us into the pruning and the abiding and all this stuff. Why? So that when his voice speaks and says, name the animals, that you like have some names in mind and you can actually 
know, like do the thing he's asking you to do. No, like, okay, so even as you're saying that, I just thought about, you know, being ready, right? To where it's like, if you're in the grocery store, you know what I mean? Like, you know, God can use you because like you say, either you're a silver plate or you're a compost, whatever it is, it's just like, you may be, you know, walking through an alley and you see a homeless person. And at that moment, you maybe can't be a silver goblet or a silver plate. You got to be like, okay, Lord, give me the words to say to minister to this person. And it's just like, us being ready instead of waiting for like, because I think some of us are even waiting for this grand moment, right? Where it's just like, oh my gosh, it's so electrifying. And then when you get there, you flop or you just freak out because you haven't put in the work. And I think too, like, this is something like process. You have to submit to the process. Like when it comes to your calling, it's now your responsibility, right? To submit to the yeah. work that God is doing in your heart, right? And that's so important to make sure that when you know that you're in a season of pruning, when you know that you're in a season of God really wanting you to step away, maybe from certain things that you've done in the past or letting go of certain relationships, certain mindsets and being sensitive to that. But it all it all goes hand in hand with what you even talked about, purpose, intimacy with God. When you have that, you'll know when you're in the process, oh, this is the Holy Spirit telling me to hey, shut my mouth in this conversation or the Holy Spirit's wanting me to do this and that. So that is just so beautifully explained. And so hand in hand, you know, um, of knowing that we play a part in this because I think it can just feel like, well, God is just, you know, he's going to show me all these different things, which he does through prophetic words, but you have to put in the work, right? And not in the work of, um you know, like the toiling, but in the place of being diligent with, right. with leaning into his voice, lean into his word and being, um, you know, moldable. Yeah. It's like, what are we pursuing? Because yeah. we're trying, like many of us are pursuing, figuring out what I'm supposed to do. Right. And it, mm -hmm. it all, it's, you know, it's the performance that's embedded in every single area of our life. Yeah. And so instead, if we are pursuing is my life pleasing to God? Am I formed into the image of Christ? As we pursue that, you know, mm -hmm. we'll, we'll have things to do along the way. Like it, it, yeah. it's natural. God, I want you to do this. I want you to do it. And, you know, even in reference to the, the silver platter and whatever, you know, it's not like everything you do feels like a silver platter. I mean, you can still like put chicken bones on a silver platter. Like, you know, silver platter right. isn't used for the best, you know, possible. Right. You know, and, and many times we think that the only thing we want to do is like, you know, what we would maybe think of silver platter, like, oh, I want to do something like super important or I will do nothing. And yeah. yeah, right. Because like God calls us into the really, you know, the moments where you think it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, hundred times more than the moment yeah. where people are like, whoa, that's awesome that you get to do that. And it's like, yeah, but like I do all that other stuff too. Yeah. You know, for when I took a, I took a year, um, off of ministry. So I had no platform. I had, I was doing yeah. nothing. Um, and it was a really significant year. This is talking about that year of like real serious pruning in my life. It was really yeah. significant. Um, but I, I really had no outward ministry whatsoever during that year. So, mm -hmm. um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me one day and he told me go to, um, this specific place in, in the city at the time I lived in Manhattan. So they go to this specific place in the city. So um, I was like, okay, he said, you're going to wait for a girl there. Mm -hmm. 
And this is what she looks like. These are the different, you know, this is what she's going to be wearing. This is what she's dealing with, all this stuff. And so I write it down and I'm like, okay. And so I travel there. It took me like 30 minutes to travel there. Was anybody next to me like, oh, good job. You're doing yeah. the work. Out of you, like Instagram story. Hey guys, I'm on my way to go. No, like I just got on the subway and I just went to the place God told me. Then when I got there to this place God told me to stand, guess how long it took for her to get there? 45 minutes. So it wasn't like, it was like, go to this appointed place and you'll see her. Like, you know, when, when yeah. God tells you, was it Isaac or whatever? He goes in the field and he sees Rebecca. Who's Rebecca? Who's yes. the one? Yeah. Where he's like, you'll walk her to see her there. No, I was, I, I was there and I stood there for 45 minutes in the exact spot where God told me to stand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was cold, you guys. And yeah. I was pregnant and it was December in New York. So that even, yeah. Oh was, my God. December in New York and I'm standing outside. For 45 minutes because God told me that this girl's coming. So I wait for 45 minutes there. And finally she walks out of the door and I was like, I I almost couldn't even believe it was real. So she walked out of the door. Everything that God told me was correct. Got a chance to pray for her. Got a chance ultimately to lead her to Christ. Um, Got a chance to disciple her for a while. So I'm just saying like, Mm. those are the things like that's the things where God's like name the animals. Yeah. And then once in a while, he's like, preach to this thousand people. And you're like, okay. But that's another thing that came from his direct. Do you know what I'm saying? It wasn't wasn't, like, it's all the other moments that matter just as much. Yeah. It's all all significant. And to be able to, whether, you know, you're hosting a small group or you're going to the grocery store or God gives you a vision to go and meet somebody in a different town like he did for you. It's like. It all matters. And if like for me, it's like I'm not a singer or anything, but I love like worship music. And you know, when there's certain like worship artists that you can tell as they worship that they really do have a relationship with God. And it's like literally they're inviting us into their intimate moment with God. And for me, whenever I look at that, I'm like, Lord, you know, that's how I want to live my life. Like, that's how I want it to be is that when people come into my home, I want them to feel the peace of God, the you know, the joy of the Lord. And it's just like, I don't want, I just, I just want to be a glory carrier. Like, I just want to be like, yo, at the end of the day, (laughs) yes, you may see what you know I've done or what me and my husband have done or whatever, but at the end of the day, like when I when I meet people, I want them to see Jesus. And I think that if we can keep that at the forefront of everything that we do, of knowing that it doesn't matter, all of that stuff, it doesn't last. Yes, it's good to have those certain things to be able to impact the world, but it really matters how people feel when they're around you. Are they feeling negative, like darkness? Are they feeling an attitude? Are they feeling like, uncomfortable to be around you or are they feeling the peace of God? Are they at ease when they come around you? You know what I mean? And um, so you just have to kind of make a decision, you know, I think even tonight of like, what, how do I want to show up in the world? You know what I mean? How do I want to show up um, to those that are in my community? How do I want to show up even with God? You know what I mean? Of just a lot of us, I think even tonight will, you know, um, have this conversation with the Lord and just be like, God, you know, forgive me for making 
um, you and making myself this object of perfection, like to where I haven't been able to see you for who you are. I haven't been able to abide and live in you, you know, like allow you to, you know, just be able to live within me and to really be able to be exuded through my everyday life. Um, yeah, and I and think, I, yeah, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. Go. I was saying, um, I, I think that it's also really important, you know, for many people, because some people may like, you know, almost like a word like that, they might feel, um, oh, gosh, like, but I don't know how to abide in Christ. So now I'm not going to be able to do anything with my life. Now I should just quit. Yeah. I should just like, you know, and this feeling of overwhelming, you know, like an overwhelming thing, because like, that's what the devil does, right? He takes truth. Yeah. And then tries to take it, like twist it up and then make it fall on you like bricks. Like this, mm. I can't do that. I'm not able to really abide. I'm never, I can't really hear God's voice. Oh, well, good for her that she can do. I can't, I can't do that. So great. Now God can't use my life for anything. I'm nothing. I don't matter. You know, it, it really can spin out like that. Mm. And I'm led, you know, by the spirit right now, just for people who, um, you know, you, you came into the family of God, you know, you, you, you were like, Jesus. Yes. That sounds great. And then it went ultra into perform mode you know, mm-hmm. in God. And mm-hmm. so now it's almost like there's bitterness and there's yeah. anger, you know, toward God, because you have all these unfulfilled dreams. So you've got anger and bitterness toward God. Mm-hmm. You got anger and bitterness toward the church, um, you know, and on top of it, you feel like God has kind of let you down and nothing. You're, you're not seeing things come to fruition. And I just feel like, Whoa, I just feel like the presence yeah. of the father right now that yeah. like, is just so sorry that that's how yeah. you experienced him because that's yeah. not yeah, so I just feel um, just this presence of God right now to to yeah. um, just to apologize on behalf yeah. of you know leaders and spiritual leaders who really yeah. like didn't know better. Like I'm telling you guys, we didn't know better. This yeah. is like, this is what we were taught. This is just who we were. Like we didn't know a different way. Mm-hmm. And I just, you know, for people who just are like you know sincerely want to follow Jesus, but yeah. you were just never actually given the food you needed to grow and mature. And it's, yeah. it wasn't your heart to like not hear God or not be mature. Like your heart is to love Jesus. Your heart is to serve Jesus, but you actually needed things you didn't receive. And so, yeah. you know, on behalf of any leader, like if some of you are waiting for a leader to apologize, like, I don't know, put their face on me and just yeah receive, you know, that apology. So, and, and enter into forgiveness. Yeah. Like over the yeah. leader, over anybody who, who put something on you, that made you perform because yeah. God wants to bring us back to the place where we can just be mm. and, and um, you know, just, just know him and we can be loved by him so that he can direct us from a place of love where there, there's no performing anymore. Yeah. So. Like, I want to ask this one last question and then I want you to pray. Okay. You've already kind of answered this, but this is like a second question that was, they've been asking this a lot. What specifically do you mean by abiding? And what does that look like in your life practically? So, yeah, that's mm-hmm. a great question. Um, I think that in, especially in like church culture or in Christian culture, sometimes we have separated, um, you know, like prayer into a um, box. Mm-hmm. This is my quiet time, my prayer time, and this is my life. Yeah. And I think what mm-hmm. it means to abide in Christ is that I'm available to God at any moment. I'm not 
I mean, and it doesn't mean I don't pray at a specific time or that I can't set aside a specific, you know, moment. But I, I think this has to do with, you know, some of the bad theology or the things that we've been taught about what it means to be spiritual and mm. what it means to be not, you know, secular or not spiritual. That mm. abiding in Christ is this constant presence that only happens through humility. Mm. You know, it's the remaining in Christ. It's the message of in Christ. When you see Paul and all the epistles talking about, you know, remain in Christ, that it's in Christ, we find all like in Christ, in Christ, in Christ is the concept yeah. of Christ. And remaining in Christ, mm-hmm. remaining in him is a constant presence. It's a constant humility. It's the submission mm-hmm. of all the things to him. Mm-hmm. It's my thought being submitted to him. It's, it's my thought life actually being in order, you know, yeah. and if it's inviting him into that space or maybe inviting a counselor too into that space, there's different, you know, but, but it's, it's the, it's the every single thing on every single moment, just being God's, you know, yeah. and yeah. I think that's what it looks like to abide. Yeah. yeah. It's the, the stopping the compartmentalization and the, the segmentation of yeah. all the coming back to the garden, coming back to the place where there is nothing else to, to see except the father and being yeah. like, okay, who am I to you? What do you want me to do? How about this moment? Oh, this is a good sandwich. I don't know, whatever, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> right. There, there's this weird thing that spiritual things are certain things and regular life is other things. And it's not that. This is everything that we do. Submit it to God uh. in everything. It is God's. There is nothing that I do. There is nothing that I think. There is nothing that I am that's not God's. Like that is the journey of sanctification. Like that's the journey of becoming one with Christ. As we remain in him, we become, you know, just we're, we're just in him. I don't know. Like, it, 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 like, like less, we are. It's like, it's like I'm just in here. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like I'm not perfect. There's stuff in me that's like not in here. And then I like, I'm like, no, get back in here. You know, like good. Get back in here, or that needs to get out of here because I wasn't in Like, let me just throw that out. Because sometimes you do have to, because I know for me, sometimes I'll be in my quiet time and I'm like, ooh, we we having a good time. I'm like, I'm gonna have a good day. And then I get out of the presence of God and I'm like, this house is a mess. I gotta do these me. I don't want to do none of this. And I just be like, I feel like I left Jesus in that room and I've allowed everything that I have to do or how I'm feeling to stop me from inviting him into it. And I like what you're saying about the whole, you know, compartmentalizing it and like, okay, no, it can only be in these super spiritual moments when it's just like, no, like, like you said, just inviting him in and and acknowledging it. Like, Hey God, like I'm about to eat this sandwich. (laughs) Like even though I'm saying you know, just like, I love turkey. Like, turkey's, thank you for turkey. Amen. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be like everything, like, you know, speaking in tongues and then like, I'm so spiritual. Like, you know, I don't, I don't think God needs that from us. Like, I and think, that, and, I, and I think there, like, there'll be moments where you'll feel that. But I think just as belie- as Christians, right, we just need to get back to the basics of just talking to him about regular stuff because right. we come to him about all this big stuff. And he's like, yo, you don't even, like get out of your bed on time to go and read a script. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, like you said, coming back to that righteousness, you know what I mean? Of, of, of actually becoming more like Christ, you know, right. versus, you know, trying to reach, okay, Jesus. Yeah. 
he served a lot. You know what I mean? Like, you know, before he had his huge moment. And I think that we forget that. Yeah. But no, I think it is like, and sometimes you are like, oh God, take that thought away. Or, or that doesn't belong in here. And it's okay. And I believe that that prepares you for those bigger moments to where, you know, it's all going to make sense. So I love it. And there's a taking every thought captive, you know, so it's yeah. like identifying, you know, what's from God and, and prayerful thoughts is another thing. So anybody who really wants to understand this concept more, A.W. Tozer has an amazing book just called Prayer. Okay. That's nice. A.W. Tozer Prayer. And it will help. It will help to understand that that process of just like, okay, all things are God's. Are God. Um, awesome. So. Okay, guys, I i mean, we had a list of questions, but you know what? Rayma already dropped it all, and I believe that this is definitely what we needed to hear. And I really feel this, even as she's been teaching, that um, that the Lord's going to use her to really, uh, you know, cover us in prayer. And I just want to, like, leave room right now for the Holy Spirit to do his thing and for us to just pray over you guys and for Rayma to pray over you, and, and I'll jump in, you know, after but just really, um, you know, taking these last five minutes to allow this word and these seeds that were sown to really, you know, take root. Um, and I even see people in the chat room who were going through that process of forgiving and saying, I choose to forgive, you know. Absolutely. And so like that right there, lady, is another level of freedom, right? To where the enemy can't hold that over you anymore, to where now you're giving yourself yeah. permission to enter into a new level of freedom with God. So Raymond, I'm going to go ahead and let you pray. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, Father God, we just invite you into this place, we invite you into this space. Yes. I invite you in to every single living room or place where people are, are watching this, whether they're watching it now or later. Um, I just invite you Lord, into that space of them becoming who you've called them to be. I invite you into that process in their life that the emphasis would stop being on do, 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 and that it would shift to being, to being who yeah. your daughter, to being the one that you love, to, to remaining in your love, to learning how to receive from you, to learning how to do something out of who they are in you, God. For every mm. single one that does not know how to put down the performance, would you come and meet them right now? Holy Spirit, mm. would you come and meet them right now in that place where they don't know mm. what to do to break out of it? Would you show them, God, that you see them? You see them where they are. You see them exactly where they've been. You know the things that have brought them to this point, and you have the keys. You have the keys for them to exit this moment. You have yeah. the keys for them to come into a full revelation of who they are in you. And you have great prepared. You have great things prepared. And if we abide in you, we have, we cannot miss it. It is impossible to miss. We're so afraid of missing it. We will not miss what is in you because everything we need is in you. If we are in you, everything we need is there. And I thank yeah. you that you will not allow us to miss what you have prepared for us. Yes. There are great things. There are mighty things. There are wonderful things. And in you, all things yes. are found. So God, we come into communion. Yeah. We come into communion. We yeah. refuse to allow sin. Yes. We refuse to allow unrepentance. We refuse to allow shame. We refuse to allow performance to keep us from your presence, to keep yeah. us from your purpose. God, we lay these things before you. Highlight the mm -hmm. things in us that do not yeah. reflect 
son. We want to walk in glory. We want to glorify yeah. you with our very being so that you can use us, God. We want to make ourselves useful for your yeah. kingdom. We want to yeah. live lives that matter on the earth. And we Thank submit you. ourselves in fullness. Anything that is not yours, will you show it to us so that we can yes, hand it over? You give us the grace to do anything that you require of us. Yeah. You give us the grace. Somebody needs to hear that. He gives you the grace to do yeah. anything he requires of you. His yoke is not hard. His yoke is easy. The thing that he places on you is easy. It is not hard. God, would you pour out your grace right now on people who don't feel that they can give that up, who feel that they can't break that addiction? Because right now, I think, uh, or I'm, I'm sensing the spirit that God is breaking addiction, that there yeah. are who are addicted. I sense painkillers. I sense mm -hmm. uh, pornography and yeah. um, um, uh, there's uh, shopping. <laughs> yeah. But right now the Holy spirit is breaking that addiction that you have gone to, to yeah. try to feed your own heart and feed that, that lack in you. Holy spirit. Would you come? You are the comforter. Yeah. Whoa. You're the comforter. God. You are right now. Yes, Lord. And earlier today, God spoke to me about a girl. Uh, I drove past a Planned Parenthood, and I, I felt like I didn't know if God wanted me to turn into the driveway or not. Mm -hmm. But I that ultimately, I felt like God was speaking to me about someone who would be listening. I don't know if you're listening now. I don't know if you're going to be listening later. But I, as I drove past the Planned Parenthood, I felt like God said, her name is Michelle. Her mm -hmm. name is Michelle. Don't do it. Whoa. Don't do it. Her name is Michelle. Whoa. And you've written down that name. And you know her, or you, you've known her in your heart, and you're scared mm -hmm. because you think this child is going to mess up the things that you're supposed to do. Or maybe you feel Lord. shame because of the, the church you're in or the environment or the circumstances or whatever it is. But I feel like God is saying, I know her. Her name is Michelle. Yeah. So take that word. And if that is you and you see this, please respond and let us know that yes. that was you. And if you don't have the resources that you need or if you feel scared, Please reach out to somebody so that we can help. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that even tonight, Lord, that you would give us the courage to be able to say no to the things that have weighed us down for so long, Father. Give us the courage, Father God, to be able to say no, Lord Jesus, to even the things that we have planned for our lives, the things that people may have even projected over our lives and told us that we need to do, Lord. Give us the courage to let go of that and to receive you instead, Father. May we let go, Father God of performing and may we let go father god of of walking in a level of insecurity because we don't have a relationship with you lord i thank you lord jesus that even tonight lord jesus that restoration is coming back father god to every broken relationship that um that that any of us have with you, Father God, if anything has come in to separate us from you, Father God, I thank you that tonight, Lord Jesus, that there is a, um, a spirit of restoration that's taking place, that you are our Father, you are receiving us with open arms. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we would not be afraid to trust you. We would not be afraid to trust you, Father God, in every season of our lives, Lord, knowing God that when, when we are with you and when and 
whenever you are with us and when we're abiding in you, there's nothing that we have to be afraid of. There's nothing that we have to worry about that we simply can rest and be and live in you. So Father God, I thank you for tonight, Lord. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the lives that have been changed, Lord. I thank you for Rama. I thank you, Lord, for her yes. I thank you, Lord, for her obedience and her sacrifice, Father God, and, and just even her being a willing vessel to be used by you to glorify God. Like she is radiating a part of you, Father God, that many of us may have never even seen before, Lord. So Father God, I thank you for her. I bless her. I thank you for her life. I thank you for her husband, Steve, and her beautiful daughters, Lord. And may you continue to use her, Lord Jesus, to impact the world around her and impact generations to come, Father God. So, Lord, we thank you for tonight, and we seal it in Jesus' name, Lord. And we thank you for the testimonies that will come from this meeting, and oh, and just the freedom, Father, <laughs> that has arrived um, to meet us this evening, Lord. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Oh, man. So sweet. So sweet. And you guys, I want you all to get connected with this amazing woman of God. Many of you guys, this is your first time um, hearing from her and you're just like throwing your shoe at the uh, computer and everything like that. <laughs> so Rayma, I want you to share how people can stay in contact with you, how people can support you, whatever that is. So like website, um, Instagram, um, however, and I know too that there was like a resource that you were working on. So whenever you have that available, I would love to be able to, to send it to them, or even if you want to put it on your website, whatever works easier, but I want people to come and I want you guys to flood her, her website and just tell her how this evening blessed you. Yeah. My, my website is my name.com. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, and then um, obviously we lead we lead a house church movement called Revive the Way, mm -hmm. um, revivetheway.com. And, um, you know, just believing that there's going to be, um, you know, a new reformation in the church and this, yeah. this method of formation and discipleship and bringing bringing church back to the beginning and back to the basics of, you know, what it means to live life together in community following Jesus. Yeah. Um, you know, so if you want to know more about that, you can find out more about, you know, what we're building on revivetheway.com. Um, and then Instagram is the same. It's my name at Rayma Trainer or at Revive the Way. Revive the Way. And then you have different locations so they can find out the different locations yeah. at revivetheway.com. So I want you guys, if you're over here and maybe you're in need of like a new church home, or you want to come and visit, I encourage you guys to go on to revivetheway.com and see if there's a location near you. Um, they're growing and it's just beautiful. Rainbow. I'm so excited for you from meeting you to seeing what you guys, like what God has done in the last three years is amazing. So um, I love you sister and I appreciate you. I honor you. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you, everyone, for joining. Wasn't that powerful? I'm telling you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Her Freedom Podcast today. I don't take it lightly that you took the time to listen in. 
I pray that you were encouraged and reminded that you are not alone. Please don't forget to subscribe and share with your friends, family, or anyone who you feel would be blessed by this episode. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at Natasha Ann Miller, or you can go to my website, NatashaAnnMiller.com to stay connected. I look forward to hanging out with you in the next episode. And remember that her freedom is your freedom.